Welcome to A Better Way with Crossroads Bible Church, a podcast about finding the activity of God in our stories and discovering how Jesus is building His kingdom among us, right here, right now. The goal is to inspire you to see and celebrate God's activity in your own life, too. And now your host, Sherry Hutspeth. So we're back here again, and this time I'm with Delyn Miracle. Thank you for being with me today, Delyn. I'm so happy to be here. I was wondering, what year did you start on staff at CBC? Um, I think it was uh, November the 1st, actually, of um, 2012. DTS does a big women's conference every year, and my very first day on the job, I got to take a group of women to the conference. So it was during reading week. Yeah. Yeah. As I was preparing um, for this today, I was just thinking about the fact that we have swapped our spiritual stories for a long time now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun to be recording um, this today, yeah. so I'm glad to be here together. Thanks for inviting me. Mm, you're welcome. So let's dive into this first question. How would you describe your spiritual heritage? Yeah, well, um, I grew up going to church uh, my whole life, like, you know, every time the doors were open, I grew up in a... Uh, going attending a Baptist church and when I was in college I continued on in a Baptist church and then in young married life and then um, the first two churches that I served at were actually Baptist churches so Mm -hmm. I come steeped long tradition from the Baptist church Um, so my first experience kind of outside of the Baptist world was going to Dallas Theological Seminary Mm -hmm. Um, I had a um, a little bit of a mixed bag experience um, growing up in the Baptist church. I had people who loved me really well. Um, when I graduated from high school, one of my Sunday school teachers, Miss Stella Peters, uh, wrote in, in the front cover in my Bible that her motivation for studying hours a day, like five days a week for Sunday school, was to, quote, fill my hungry eyes. Um, she loved me very well and poured her life blood into teaching me God's Word Wow! Um, because she knew that I was really hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And so I was loved really, really well. And on the other hand, um, I feel like I had some experiences that really produced a lot of um, kind of a shame culture mm-hmm. in, my, in my thinking. Yeah. And um, one of the, maybe a good, way to explain it is an event that I attended as an adult um, really kind of reflects a lot of the the thinking um, in the teaching that I experienced growing up. So um, I attended an event one time that was like a Christian version of a Halloween program where, you know, busloads of kids were showing up and um, they were sending them through this theatrical kind of production. It was kind of like this storyboard. You went from room to room, mm-hmm. and you uh, continued the story in each room. Mm-hmm. And it ended up with you know a teenage kid dying and mm. going to hell. Mm, wow! And um, it was you know frightening. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. Um, it was you know all the things that you think of in terms of you know a lot of yelling and screaming and evil voices and um, just terrifying 
And then at the end of that, they usher all of these kids into a large room and which they, you know, make, I, I hate to even use the word, a presentation of the gospel. Mm. And, um, you know, kids are highly motivated to pray this prayer yeah. and um, to accept Jesus. And I feel like that in a lot of ways was just kind of like that same idea was repeated over and over and over again in yeah. my childhood. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, in some ways, there was a lot of fear that was used to try to motivate, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. there was the continual, mm-hmm. everybody close your eyes and bow your head and we're going to say the sinner's prayer. And if you're praying it and you mean it, you know, you raise your hand and yeah. the person up front will be watching. And I, I really think that we may have had more quote, profession of faith, then we actually had people in attendance, mm-hmm. you know, at our church in a given year. Right. Right. Because it was such a focus and an emphasis. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I feel like it was so lacking mm-hmm. um, is kind of what we're talking about on this podcast, that Jesus is offering us a better way to do life. Yeah. He's not, you know, trying to scare the hell out of us. <laughs> right. He's trying to get heaven into us right? Um, by offering us a better way to live. And I just feel like in a lot of ways, my spiritual heritage was just very lacking in that. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds like it was influenced by a lot of sense of threat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of the journey that I've, you know, been on has been to kind of relearn things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a time in your faith when Christ became important to you that like felt like a shift away from that that you want to share about today? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it is, it is hard to, to, to think of just one um, story um, that really explains, I think, a shift, but because the Holy Spirit has just been so gracious and so kind and like there have just been so many instances in my life that the Lord has just shown up in powerful ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been convinced since I was a, a kid that God had a plan and a purpose for my life and that it seemed like I couldn't ever outrun that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's always pursued me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to say one moment where in, in recent, you know, years, that's been really been profound for me. Um, uh, funny enough, I, I think it's um, reading uh, James Brian Smith's book, Room of Marvels. Um, if you've been in a small group with me, you may have heard me talk about it before because it was really profound for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had uh, Jim Smith come to do a women's retreat here, and you know we were chatting and talking, and um, at the end of it, he was like, I'm going to send you a book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when an author... <laughs> right sends you to your home address a book that he's written with a personal letter written right you tend to read it you know yes uh so i was i felt hugely blessed to to receive it and i was uh, felt so honored and so um, it's a super quick read hmm. but the thing that um was so profound to me is you know the story is is uh, a story of fiction for him right and um it's sort of Narnia-esque. Mm, you know, mm. he steps into a whole different world. Oh, wow. Uh, he goes to heaven, okay. and he has conversations with people mm. that he's known. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And in the end, he, he meets a child that he lost, mm. uh, a little girl that died. Um, 
And uh, so at any rate, the thing that was so profound about the, the story for me was, I'm, I'm sure not even really like a super strong intentional aspect of the book, uh, but it was the way in which the characters spoke to each other. Okay. And so Jim was really close friends with a singer-songwriter that I just loved in growing up in high school and college, um, Rich Mullins. Yes. And Rich actually lived with Jim for a while. Oh, wow. And so um, he met Rich in heaven. Okay, wow. And, and the conversations that they had, because they already had this really deep friendship, mm. but how free Rich was in, in his love and free of shame mm. and free of any guilt free of I mean just the way in which he spoke it was just like oh like it made me realize it made me think about my own conversations that I have just in everyday life mm. and I realized oh I'm not gonna sound this way in heaven okay yeah like there's so many things that I even like self-protection, things that I do to protect myself, which, you know, I'm an Enneagram 4, and so, you know, if I had to choose like an animal to describe me, I'm definitely a turtle. Mm. Like I can withdraw and shut down super fast. Yeah. And just picturing myself in heaven, like not feeling the need to shut down. Yeah. Not feeling the need to self-protect. Not feeling, you know, any sense of... of of jealousy or shame or remorse or guilt or you know like all of those things being removed like mm -hmm. what would that look like mm -hmm. and I, then I you know the thought occurred to me oh that's the life Jesus is offering me right now yeah is to live into that yeah and so I, I feel like that if I had to pick one story I'd pick that book yeah and the images that that came to life to me of oh you know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago if I was really governed by guilt and shame, I would have said, no, I don't, I don't think, no. Um, but on this journey that God has had me on, it's come up time and time again to realize I, am, I have lived a great deal of my life in bondage to the things that I learned early on in life and childhood that I just don't, I've just accepted them as like, this is the way to, this is normal. Mm -hmm. This is the way to do life. And it takes this other mm -hmm. like alternate reality, this, mm -hmm. you know, imagining going to heaven to kind of jar you out of, oh, my life is supposed to look really different. Yeah. And it's amazing how the um, dots get connected mm -hmm. because if there's a shift where you're being attentive to what's possible here on earth even before you get to heaven mm -hmm. and opening up to that and then you're reading this book that's actually set in heaven like the part that's impacting you so much is in heaven but if God's trying to get heaven into us now what are the what of this that I'm reading is possible here now yeah so fun how God leads us down these trails and really opens our hearts up to new things yeah mm. yeah that's great so, um, is there something about what Jesus is doing right now in your life that you would like to share with us? Yeah, um, I feel like um, <laughs> the last decade of my life has just been um, 
so interesting. <laughs> um, I feel like um, Jesus inviting me into a different way of living has it, it's made me taste freedom. Mm. And the more freedom I taste, the more I want it. And I've discovered um, that the things that hold me up from that, right, um, are, are really for me have been centered around two things. Um, one, like, I guess it's back to the shame aspect of thinking that God is disappointed. Like, I can't really, really live into the love of God if I think he's disappointed. Um, a couple years ago, we had Jan Johnson come for a women's retreat, and she told us this beautiful story. I, I had heard her say it before, and it was one of the main reasons I actually wanted her to come here. Um, there's just nobody like Jan who can tell a masterful story. So the thing that she, the exercise that she took us through is she had us imagine that we were Peter walking on water. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she had us close our eyes and she had us imagine the wind and, you know, it was blowing against us. We were working incredibly hard um, to keep the boat afloat because there was a storm. Um, we could taste the rain hitting us and running down and it was mixed with the sweat because we were working so hard yeah. we were sweating in the midst of the rain and you could taste the saltiness of it and the wind was whipping around and it and there was a, a rope that uh, cut free mm. and it popped us across the leg wow and it cut us it was stinging and we had blood running down but we were so frantic in trying to keep the boat afloat yeah that you didn't even have time was, to think about that yeah, yeah and so she takes us through this long story where you're just you're super into it. You're you can see it. You were there, mm -hmm. and you know you make the decision. You you see this ghost as if there wasn't already enough going on right. that was terrifying us. Right. There's this ghost walking, and then you come to the realization that oh, it's Jesus, and then you somehow you're with Peter and you find this gumption and this courage to I, I want I want to be out there. I want to walk on the water, and you call out to Jesus and you get out of the boat and you're walking you know and of course you know that what's going to happen is that peter sees the winds and the waves and he starts sinking and jesus run, you know runs to him and rescues him yeah and the thing he says to him is um you know of course it was why did you doubt mm -hmm. oh ye of little faith why did you doubt mm -hmm. and she just abruptly stopped the conversation right there yeah and she has you know you you name mm -hmm. What was Jesus's facial expression hmm. and what was his tone of voice hmm. when he was saying it? Yeah. And she said, that is what you believe about who God is. There is nothing that will tell you more accurately what you actually believe God thinks and feels about you than that right there. Yeah. And it was, it was an incredible experience in the room. Right. Because you knew um, you could just feel it palpable that people felt that God was disappointed with them. Mm. Um, and then she goes into this story about her um, granddaughter when she was one and learning to walk. And she was like, do you think that there's ever been a moment that I'm sitting in front of my grandbaby mm. saying, you know, come yeah. to me, walk to me. And she takes a few steps and then she falls. 
do you think that there is ever a sense of disappointment? No, never. At all. Right. Right? Like, God's not disappointed in Peter that he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And so um, this journey that I've been on has been a journey of naming where I feel like um, I've hidden from God mm. because in my truest self, I feel like he must be disappointed mm, in me. Mm, yeah. Um, and so the, the journey of freedom towards that, um, it, it's, it's wrapped up in understanding myself and understanding who God is. Mm-hmm, right. And I feel like the understanding myself part um, was coming to the realization that um, I know this is maybe crazy, but not seeing myself rightly. Mm-hmm. That I actually have, have some ability to have power over God, that I could make him lose his joy mm-hmm. and feel regret and disappointment mm-hmm. over me. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like I'm not even thinking rightly of myself. Right. If I think that I can control God in such a way. Right. It's sometimes so strange what arrogance can do. Yeah. Right. Actually, it, that's pride. Yeah. Um, and coming to the realization of that God in himself is eternal, abundant, without end, love and joy and happiness. And I don't get to take that away from him. <laughs> that my right place is submitting under him into my right place and that I am deeply loved. And so the more I've been able to connect with that, the more freedom I felt the more what you said, the possibilities mm-hmm. of the life that he's offering me, mm-hmm. the more I've been able to live into that. Are there any other like synonyms for freedom like that you can mm. describe what freedom is? That's a good question. I don't know, but I think the thing that I think of, I don't know that it's a word, a synonym, but I feel like, um, I mean, what, what's different for me about it, mm-hmm. right, is that before, if I had recognized something in me that was wrong mm-hmm. or shameful, a, a wrong idea, mm-hmm. like that made me want to withdraw from God yep. and hide from Him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the discovering His love for me, instead, the, the freedom that that brings, right, is oh it's so wide and gracious and spacious place where I don't have to feel the shame but instead like I want to discover with him mm-hmm. what's going on inside of mm-hmm. me it's a moving towards instead it's of an away. absolute moving towards instead of moving away yeah. it's a I want mm. to understand mm-hmm. I want to be with him yeah I want uh, you know in this last year, I've really, really leaned into um, something that our small group has talked about, about what's possible. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is offering help to me. He wants to help me. Yeah, Like that is just mind-blowing. Is that when I am, you know, feeling ungenerous, unkind, mm-hmm. ungracious, mm-hmm. like it's totally okay for me to notice it to name it, 
to run to talk to Jesus mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I'm totally safe with him. It is freeing for me mm-hmm. to be able to talk to him and say, can you help me understand what's going on inside of me of why I'm reacting this way, of why I'm feeling yeah. this way? And you and to trust that Jesus wants to help me. Yeah. He wants to show me a better way. Right, right. That's that choice that leads to the better way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every time, choosing him, the capacity to choose him and to move towards him and to want that always leads to the better way, his yeah. way. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a grace. Mm-hmm. It's a grace. So with all of this that you're taking in and how life-giving and life-changing all of that is for you, how does that end up overflowing into your relationships with other people? Mm. Well, that's sometimes tricky, (laughs) right? Um, I remember you and I had lunch a few years ago when this was all of this was kind of like really really beginning to crystallize for me mm-hmm. and i realized you know um this podcast is being recorded the week after charlie has just given his his sermon um about how complaining um affects us mm-hmm. how it harms us and how god doesn't like it right because it is not for our good right um and one of the points that he made is when we're complaining, we actually start believing lies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And when I came to that conclusion several years back, you and I were having lunch, and I looked at you and I said, I don't actually know it's true anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've believed so many lies. Like, I don't know that I can name the truth anymore. And so I, I feel like relationally that's the biggest change for me is being able to be honest with myself and with others um and how did that lead to freedom (laughs) um well i i think i think it's being free of shame like if I'm deeply loved and I'm deeply accepted, I can risk so much more. Like I might get hurt. Mm. Um, I might get rejected. Mm. I might want to withdraw, right? Mm-hmm. But with Jesus, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes me more free mm-hmm. to take risk that I wouldn't want to. I remember years ago, it's been a long, time ago maybe a decade ago that I read Dallas Willard um, talk about withdrawing from people emotionally mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. and how sinful that was and I was like <laughs> I felt like I just had had the wind knocked out of me yeah like what like this is how I sustain my life right. is withdrawing from people right like I'm I'm highly introverted mm-hmm. and the idea of not withdrawing from people was just like I I couldn't imagine unimaginable unimaginable like it, I would have said that was the most defining character mm-hmm. of me and so like you know reading Room of Marvels that book and imagining myself in heaven and not needing to withdraw mm-hmm. like 
never, never dreamed of that before. Yeah. Never thought that was possible. Yeah. And so, you know, not to say that I still don't withdraw and stuff mm-hmm. at times. Of course right. that I do, right. right? Right. But that's probably the biggest change relationally for me is the bravery mm-hmm. of being able to mm-hmm. say, I don't, I don't have to withdraw, withdraw right now. Yeah. Yeah. And the willingness to engage. There's goodness that happens for you and for the other person when there's a willingness to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other like fruit of, of it that is descriptive of what you're experiencing doing it differently, living this better way of engagement with others? Um, yeah, I'd say there's a couple of things. Um, one, you know, I feel like, um, freedom begets freedom. Like if once I taste some of it, I want more of it, but it's also true that the more honest I can be, the more honest I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can genuinely look at Jesus's way of living and say, this is indeed a better way. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather, you know, the Bible says that the wounding of a friend can be trusted. How much more trusted would be a wounding from God? You know, even if he comes to discipline me, mm-hmm. like I don't fear that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I can trust that. Mm-hmm. Like, he is for my good. Mm-hmm. And if if he's coming after me with discipline, he is indeed rescuing me from mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does all of this impact your ability to be with other people and their stories of faith? Yeah, see, this is really good. Like, um, uh, it, the whole journey, like this, this journey that I've been describing, I, I have certainly not done this alone right i've done this in community and i realize how much um, the community was such a vital and important role in my understanding like i could have never come to this on my own Um, and so wanting this for other people is definitely a huge part of this journey and you know um we have different kinds of women's groups um, at Crossroads, and it's um, a joy and a privilege and a delight to get to meet people where they are. Right? Like naming the stage of your mm-hmm. of your journey mm-hmm. is like vital. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. Like, um, so we have some groups that are focused on learning. Well, all of our groups are really focused on learning, but the conversation when you come together as a community group, mm-hmm. um, the focus of that time together for a learning together group would be about learning. Mm-hmm. And we, then we have another kind of group called practice together. And of course they're learning, they're doing a Bible study, right? Right. But the focus of their groups coming together is to say, how is this getting lived out? How is this getting practiced mm-hmm. in, in my life? Yeah. And so, you know, you and I have a long history with Life with God, mm-hmm. a curriculum that we offer here. Um, you were on the team that helped put all that together. 
and um, it's been really life-changing and life-transforming and um, one of the you know the ways in which that community functions is you do your learning during the week time mm-hmm. but when you come together you pretty much answer roughly it's amazing how they can come up with so many different words to say the same question every week right uh, the same two questions that you answer every week are what did you learn about yourself and what did you learn about God right um, and so this practice together community is saying, how is this changing me? How is this changing my understanding of who God is? And how is this changing how I understand about life? How is this getting practiced out? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited about building communities around the idea of the discussion being, how is this affecting me? Mm-hmm. How is this changing mm-hmm. me? How is what I'm learning mm-hmm. changing me? Yeah, it's so faith building for everyone that's involved in the conversation together. Yeah. 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 And, and how much we help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Delyn, um, for being willing to sit with the Lord and consider these questions and, yeah. and answer them here today. Um, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, initially when this idea was coming to mind, I reached out to you and Charlie about it, you know, last December, and you were definitely very receptive and incredibly helpful and like just putting all the different aspects of it together, figuring out the questions and the logistics and there's a handful of people involved in making these things come alive each time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it left me wondering, you know, what one or two things would you say you're hoping happens from us creating these stories and listening to them together? Yeah, well, it's been a joy and a delight to get to even, you know, be a part of building this podcast. Um, I'm so excited about you know where this is going and um you know in thinking about these questions and you know developing um what the focus of this podcast would be um one of the stories that um makes me uh, think about it is um several years ago we had sarah groves come for um a women's christmas brunch here Mm -hmm. and she was incredibly nervous Mm -hmm. to meet me Mm -hmm. um she had made some assumptions that because we were in the deep south that she's not from Mm. and that we are a highly evangelical church she was making the assumption that this church was probably like what i had described Mm. as my growing up to be okay wow and she had assumed that i was going to ask her to do like an altar call Mm. do the Mm -hmm. whole bow Mm. your head raise your hand Mm. Hmm. you know accept jesus thing Mm And um, she was uncomfortable with doing that. And I was trying to explain to her, no, 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 no. I, I, I actually don't want you to do that. So if you had thought about doing that, please, mm. please don't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was trying to explain to her what we believe here about the work that we're trying to do. Mm. And that was, I think, probably the first time that I had ever said, we believe that Jesus is offering us... Um, a better way to do life <laughs> um, and so you know I think that was probably the first time that in my mind I crystallized I had said the words right oh this is what you're you're asking us you're asking us to live into your ways into your rhythms of life to yeah. practice the kinds of things that you practiced mm-hmm. to adopt your lifestyle um, it's a better way to live mm-hmm. and so my my hope for these these stories that we're developing in these podcasts are um, just to encourage people to realize that oh I 
God does have me on a journey and there are stages to this journey and God is carrying me along. And then when we listen to other people's stories, we realize more about our own journey Mm -hmm. and that God is inviting us to not just stay where we are, but to keep going with him. You know, I, I was thinking, I wonder if in another 10 years, if I look back and still think that right now, I'm really still have deeply rooted within me guilt and shame. Like, I hope I don't. Right. But I know I'm not done. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. I'm not done with this journey with him, and he's going to be faithful to keep me going. And I'm so grateful. You know, one of the things that we learn in life with God is that God does not need me to know everything about mm-hmm. myself all right. at once. Right. Like, it would overwhelm me. Absolutely. It would crush me. Mm-hmm. But he so graciously is willing to go the journey and take time with me, the time that I need. And so I wonder what I'll think when I look back in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm in still yet a much freer place than I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Well, until then, it's just going to be fun to keep living into a better way together. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen once again. We hope you're encouraged. We hope you feel inspired in some way to trust being honest, trust sharing with people who have um, such interest in your life in Christ, becoming something that you can also say that you have learned 